It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Julian Council, and I'm here with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday talking all things Carolina Panthers for y'all. This is your podcast that I host, so if you ever want to interact with me, please make sure to follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, where I will take your questions for our weekly Friday mailbag. We'll probably change the time once we get to the season. But every Friday, throughout the rest of the offseason, I'm answering whatever questions that you have about the Carolina Panthers, about me, and about life in general. So please make sure to follow me on Twitter and get in those questions. Also, if you ever have a topic that you want me to talk about, you want a segment for me to get into, I will do it. I will use that time for you because I do this for you the people also make sure to rate review and subscribe to the podcast on apple Podcasts. you can also find us on spotify on google podcast stitcher and on the new odyssey app and if you're a fan of the nfl in general and not just the carolina panthers of course you're a panthers fan that's why you're here or maybe you're someone who's just interested in learning about the panthers you can find out more about the NFL by listening to Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL covering all the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move around the NFL. Get your picks, previews, and much more every day with Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. On today's show, going to... Talk about Deshaun Watson and Aaron Rodgers still somehow being linked to the Carolina Panthers. I know you would thought the Watson saga was over, but one NFL scribe still believes that Deshaun Watson has a chance to be a Carolina Panther. And there's another NFL insider who thinks that the Panthers will be among the top candidates in the NFC to land disgruntled Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers. We'll also continue our position breakdowns with the defensive line, looking at both the defensive ends and the defensive tackles on the Panthers roster heading into 2021. But first, let's start off with something I truly love when these kind of articles come out. The Athletic came out with an NFL execs unfiltered on all 32 NFL team draft classes. I like these because it's very rare that we get these scouts or execs or GMs, whoever, to actually give you their real opinion. Now, they always have to do it under the guise of anonymity, which is fine. I want you to be honest. So tell me how you honestly feel about these teams. And that's what some of the NFL execs did by telling the Athletic how they felt about the Carolina Panthers, along with the other 31 teams in the NFL. Starting with the J.C. Horn pick, one scout said, I think Horn and Patrick Sertan will be good. They're long and they can press, but I'm not sure either one of them will be great. This wasn't a great year for defensive players. The only thing interesting about that quote 
is the fact that those are the top two defensive players taken in the draft. And they were both taken at eight and nine. Traditionally, when you see the NFL draft, it's typically the last couple of years as it's become a quarterback dominant league, which means in turn, you're going to need guys who can get after the passer. The number one pick in a draft is either a quarterback like Baker Mayfield or Kyler Murray or Trevor Lawrence, as we just saw, or it's a defensive end like Jadeveon Clowney, like Miles Garrett with the Cleveland Browns. That's traditionally how the draft has gone over the last 10 or 15 years or so. So to see the top player defensively be a cornerback and not just player, players, plural, it was Patrick Sertan at nine and J.C. Horn at eight. That is interesting to hear that it was not a great defensive draft class, which kind of tells you that considering that defensive tackles were seen as being one of the weaker position groups in this draft class. Davion Nixon, who I'll get into later with the Carolina Panthers, he was drafted out in the fifth round. Even though he had an earlier grade for a lot of teams, but there was the concerns about character issues that he had at the University of Iowa. So that kind of holds true that a lot of scouts and a lot of teams saw this as a weaker defensive draft. The fact that it took until eight for the first defensive player to be taken off the board, that being J.C. Horn. Now, J.C. Horn being picked up by Carolina, there's a lot of debate about it here. We talked about it for weeks on the podcast, whether getting Sam Darnold would preclude them from drafting a quarterback. People still felt like the Carolina Panthers should take a quarterback. One exec said, with the Panthers sticking with Sam Darnold, you are not making less of an upgrade from Teddy Bridgewater to Darnold, yet you are going to invest that draft capital and money, build your team, and survive. And I brought up this point when Darnold was brought here that I was not sure that he was a clear upgrade from Teddy Bridgewater. The only thing about Sam Darnold that I can pretty much guarantee will be an upgrade is his ability to stretch the ball down the field or just stretch the field with the Panthers wide receiver. Something that Teddy Bridgewater with his arm strength or lack thereof and probably his willingness as well has never really done in his career. But Sam Darnold back at USC did it with the Jets. When given the time, he's done it. Now with the weapons that he has in his roster, I feel like he's going to be able to open up things offensively. Might not have done it as well as, say, Matthew Stafford, who the Panthers were trying to be in on, and they had given up Teddy Bridgewater in the eighth overall pick to try and bring Stafford here from Detroit. He instead ended up in Los Angeles, the Rams, and now Sean McVay has him out there to finally run the offense that he wants to run. So I don't know if Sam Donald's ever going to be able to stretch the field like that with Stafford, like Stafford might do with Los Angeles this coming year and did in Detroit, but that is the one upgrade. Even more on the Panthers sticking on sticking with Darnold, one of the execs said, um, and this is kind of comparison to what the Colts have done by trading for Carson Wentz from Philadelphia. Wentz spent time, probably one of his best seasons he had before injuring his knee um, in that Super Bowl year that the uh, the uh, card that the Eagles had, rather that he was a Frank Reich who was the offensive coordinator there that season when the Eagles won the Super Bowl with Nick Foles, of course, being great in the playoffs and being Super Bowl MVP. But it was Carson Wentz who was really good that season. So comparing this situation here in Carolina to what the Colts are trying to do with Carson Wentz is right here saying similar to what the Colts are doing. You have the offense established, and you are bringing in a quarterback who is young and has some talent. You have DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson and Christian McCaffrey, and now they draft the tight end Tommy Trimble. They are betting Darnold will be less of a game manager than Bridgewater. My only concern is whether Darnold still has the confidence he once had. They're going to say Sam Darnold is only 23 years old, so they're going to ride with him, but I don't know how they don't go with Justin Fields at 8. The same GM also said, we will see if Chicago does what it needs to do with Fields, but I would have taken Fields even if I had Darnold, which is a common sentiment that I'm still hearing among Panther fans. I think it's calmed down a little bit over the last two weeks as we've moved away from the NFL draft. I think people just come to the acceptance of Sam Darnold is the guy. 
for the Carolina Panthers, at least for this season. But I do truly believe that Scott Fitterer, the Panthers GM, and head coach Matt Rule both see him because of that age. They both see him as the long-term franchise quarterback in Carolina. Now, that could all change. You'll never convince me that they truly saw Teddy Bridgewater in that light last year when they said pretty much the same things that they said about Teddy that they've now said about Sam Darnold. I do believe it's a different situation. That's something I talked about last week on the pod earlier in last week. So that's a good point. He really needs to come here and be as good as the guys around him. And that's something that Matt Rule has said. So there is still the concern of whether he has the confidence that he once had coming out of college after spending time just getting beaten to the ground and seeing ghosts against New England on Monday night and just getting no help overall. And then the Jets just leaving out there in limbo. And Sam Donald talked about how how much it sucked to not know whether he was going to be a part of the organization when he had planned on being a Jet for 20 years. Instead, he was only a Jet for three years, and now they brought in a new quarterback in Zach Wilson from BYU. So does that hinder his confidence? We're now coming here to Carolina, where Matt Rule seems to believe in him, and Scott Fitterer seems to believe in him, and he has the weapons around him, and not just DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, Chris McCaffrey, but also Dan Arnold and David Moore, and you draft Terrace Marshall. Maybe that gives Sam Donald the kind of confidence that he needs. But there's still questions across the league that this GM says they would have staken Justin Fields. Now, of course, it's very easy to sit here as an anonymous source and quote and say that I would have taken Justin Fields. Anyone can say they could take Justin Fields. But for whatever reason, Scott Fitterer, Matt Rule, they prefer to have Sam Donald after evaluating all these quarterbacks. On the overall draft... One final quote from this article, uh, GM and exec said, I like Carolina's draft, especially their first to fourth round. The gift Notre Dame, Trimble is a really good player. Horn is a big press corner. Second round receiver, Terrace Marshall, could be a big play guy for them, which I think a lot of us expect is going to happen, especially teaming up with Joe Brady after the big season that he had with them back in 2019 when LSU won a national championship and having seen the end zone the last 20, 23 times over the last two seasons at LSU. As far as having extra picks, this year was a nightmare in undrafted free agency. Too much, too much money chasing too few players. As long as they didn't miss out on the players they wanted when trading back, they might have just bought their free agents in the draft, which is an interesting thing to hear because Scott Fitterer wanted to add more picks. We saw right as the second round began, Panthers traded back, traded back some more, traded up to get Brady Christensen. They traded back in the fourth round and day three were able to get Chuba Hubbard who they actually were already targeting when they were there early in the fourth round. They're still able to get their guys, so it worked out for them. But to hear that a lot of teams were having trouble trying to find the right UDFAs, undrafted free agents, and the Panthers were able to capitalize on the draft by getting those picks is interesting to me, especially when you look at later on in the sixth round when they brought in Thomas Fletcher, the long snapper out of Alabama, who presumably is going to be the long-term long snapper and probably displaced J.J. Jansen, the longest-term Panther, an oldest guy on the roster, they got him. When they called him, he thought he was taking a call to be a undrafted free agent. Instead, no, Panthers were going to draft this guy. So actually getting more picks helped out the Panthers not having to worry about who they were going to be able to get with undrafted free agency. So I actually give a lot of credit to Scott Fitterer and to the Panthers for doing that. And this exec goes out there and also gives him credit for going out there and doing that as well. So for the most part, it seems like the only question anyone in the league has is with the Carolina Panthers sticking with Sam Darnold and not getting a young quarterback in Justin Fields and getting those five years or at least four years and then the fifth-year option potentially of a rookie contract. Instead, it's Darnold for one year at $4.4 million and the next year, fully guaranteed $18.8 million 
if he does make it till next year. As we've already seen, Teddy Bridgewater didn't make it past one season. Got $33 million in the process. Will Sam Darnold make it past one season? I hope he does because I would hate for the Panthers to be in the same situation that they were go in going into this offseason and throughout this offseason up until the draft where there's still questions and even still after the draft that there's still questions. And some of the national media members, Peter King, Jason Lockenfora, are still saying that the Panthers could be potential destinations for a couple of veterans, one in legal trouble and one who's a little disgruntled up there in Wisconsin. Get to that in just a moment. Hey, Panther fans, listen up. Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC, is offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. That could be you. To get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T, text DRAFT to 231-231. This unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testafin, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increase energy and lean muscle mass. Plus, text now and it'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you get back in shape absolutely free. Text DRAFT to 231-231. That's DRAFT, D-R-A-F-T to 231-231. Message and data rates may apply. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I hadn't started doing the show when the heat of the Deshaun Watson rumors was going on here in Carolina and how the Panthers were a team that were very interested in Deshaun Watson. As we've learned, as Scott Fitter said, he'd be in on every deal they bugged the hell out of Nick Casario, the new general manager there for the Houston Texans, constantly calling and saying that they want him. And I think that's a lot of David Tepper poking Scott Fitter and Matt Rule and telling him every day, hey, go get me that quarterback. Get me that quarterback. Get me that quarterback. I can't watch this Bridgewater guy anymore. Get me a quarterback. Get me a quarterback. We missed out on Stafford. Get me a quarterback. I think that was a lot of David Tepper telling them to go get them a quarterback. And that quarterback being Deshaun, being Deshaun Watson, who, had he come to Carolina, he would have been a marketing hit after winning an ass championship at Clemson, considering the amount of Panther fans that are Clemson alums here in the area. And then the fact that it's two states, one team, the mantra that David Tepper has brought to the Carolinas and wanting to sell this team, not just in the city of Charlotte and in the state of North Carolina, like Raleigh and Wilmington, but also in the state of South Carolina, stretching all the way down there to the upstate to where Clemson University sits right there on the banks of Lake Hartwell. And on the board of Georgia, he wants this team to be loved by everybody in the Carolinas. And if Deshaun Watson would have been a Carolina Panther, even some of my friends who are South Carolina fans would have been all about that after he led the NFL in passing last year for a miserable Houston, Texas franchise, an organization that has done wrong, that has done him wrong with Bill O'Brien as their head coach and being the GM for that ill-fated year to never really protecting him until they got Larry Tunsil to not getting him really great new receivers and letting Nuke Hopkins go to the Arizona Cardinals and never even consulting Watson. Deshaun was unhappy, and he wanted out. 
And I'm not sure whether he still wants out, but we know now that Deshaun Watson is in a mess of legal troubles because of some sexual assault allegations that have gone with, on with some masseuses that he's seen. He's also had his own defense. It's a story that's gone on and on and on. And quite frankly, we have no idea how it's going to play out. At this point in time, we have no clue. Now, Peter King, who writes Football Morning in America, something I check out every Monday. I think you should check it out as well. One of the most well-known, in-the-know NFL scribes out there. He writes that column every Monday morning. He talked about on Monday morning, and he wrote this, talking about his 10 things I think I think. He thinks, saying, I think predicting the future to Sean Watson is fraught with, well, it's impossible. I just think by a year from today, he'll have a new home. This is a gut feeling. It's impossible to predict the future with so many legal issues involved, and depending on the outcome of the cases, several teams might not want to even think about Watson, and rightfully so, especially what's what's going on with this situation. If he's free to play football, unencumbered by legal issues in 2022, here are my odds on Watson's next football team with a tie at the top. At the top, he has the Philadelphia Eagles. 3-1. to one. So if Peter King is Vegas, he would have the Philadelphia Eagles 3-1 to one odds to bring in Deshaun Watson. Right now, it looks like they're going to roll Jalen Hurts. They have Joe Flacco also on the roster. And if you look in Houston, the Texans brought in Tyrod Taylor for the situation where if Deshaun Watson's not available, he could start. They also drafted in the second round out of Stanford, Davis Mills, who barely played any games in college because of his knee issues. But he's someone that a lot of scouts really like heading into the NFL draft. He gets drafted as the seventh quarterback off the board. But number one, also tied at the top, with Philadelphia, 3-1 to one odds, Peter King, gut feeling. This is his gut. Not necessarily source, but this is his gut. Gut feeling, he believes that the Carolina Panthers at 3-1 to one odds would be right up there with Philadelphia for a team to bring in Deshaun Watson in 2022 if he's unencumbered by legal issues, stating that owner David Tepper would find the resources to do the deal. That doesn't really surprise me, because it was David Tepper who was the one telling Scott Fitter to go get him that quarterback. It's David Tepper who really started the conversation of the Panthers getting a new quarterback in 2021 when he said at the press conference after he fired Marty Herney from his general manager position that you need to be in constant pursuit of that franchise quarterback and a guy who can win you a Super Bowl. If you don't have him, you got to go find him. And I do believe that David Tepper would love to see Deshaun Watson. I have no idea how the Carolina Panthers would handle the situation if Watson is found to be guilty of what he's accused of in the NFL has him suspended from the league. He's on the commissioner exemplist. I don't know how things are going to play out with the legal process there and with the NFL still. Because we've seen in past cases, even if you're cleared with the legal process, the NFL still has punished guys. Like Ezekiel Elliott. We've seen with James Winston. Guys have still been punished just because of the, the league conduct policy. So I have no idea how things are going to work out with Deshaun Watson. It is interesting to me that Peter King despite the Panthers passing on a quarterback in Justin Fields and Mac Jones also sitting there at eight and putting in the resources around Sam Darnold that they have at wide receiver and bringing Sam Darnold and investing in him with the $18.8 million 50-year option in 2022, it still is interesting to me that Peter King is not going to let the Deshaun Watson to Carolina rumors die. And it's not really rumor. This is a gut feeling from a guy who probably has spoken to people still about the Panthers' potential interest in Watson if things work out. And I have said that it, the Panthers didn't really need to go draft the quarterback because they could just have sat here and waited to see how things play out with Deshaun Watson. If you really want Deshaun Watson, you could sit here and wait out and see how things play. Now, having him be on your roster if he's guilty of these things, it's tough. It really is. 
I don't believe that the football players and NFL players and athletes in general should be the moral arbiters of our society. Same thing with sports teams. We should not be looking at sports teams to do the right thing. Because at the end of the day, this is a business and the only thing that matters is winning. The NFL has proven time and time again that they do not care about women and do not care about violence against women. They might do the whole breast cancer in October every month, but honestly, the guys that still have been able to play in the league and have largely been able to play football after the things that they've done to women, it makes it fairly obvious that the NFL is not as serious as they would lead you to believe when it comes to how some of their players have treated women in the past and then how the NFL has reacted to it. Hopefully, things will change, but I'm not that positive about it. And I don't know how David Tepper would handle the situation and whether he would be fine with Deshaun Watson coming here. Because does he care more about winning or does he care more about the character of the guys on the team? I certainly would love to have good guys on this team. I don't know any of these players personally. I don't know if every person who puts on the Carolina Panthers uniform is a good guy. And you should never assume that they are. Because with Deshaun Watson, and again, innocent until proven guilty, like this, if this all is true, it would be appalling. Considering everything that we knew about Deshaun Watson at, at Clemson and all the good things he seemed to have been doing in Houston, to hear his story, like with the um, getting one of the homes from Warwick Dunn, the former Falcon running back, Florida State running back with uh, Habitat for Humanity, and just knowing what he's been through, it would be shocking if all this that's been reported is true about Sean Watson and he is guilty of these things. And I would have loved for him to be a Carolina Panther. I dreamed of what it would look like for him to be there with DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson and Christian McCaffrey in an actual offensive line the Panthers could ever put one around their quarterback. But I have no idea how things are going to work out. But it is interesting to me that T Peter King has stated the Carolina Panthers would be at the top of his odds list if Deshaun Watson is able to play football in 2022. Now, Jason Lockenfora of CBSSports.com, also an NFL insider, believes that the Panthers are among the top candidates to land Aaron Rodgers along with the Saints and Eagles in terms of teams in the NFC. It's like the quarterback carousel never stops in Carolina. Aaron Rodgers, yeah, it would be great to have Aaron Rodgers on this roster. I don't see it happening. I truly don't. I've spoken about this a little bit on the mailbag a couple weeks ago. Someone asked me about, do you think the Panthers will make a run at Aaron Rodgers? In on every deal, I'm sure they'll call and ask and see what it would take. The Packers already have their quarterback of the future in Jordan Love, which is part of the reason why Aaron Rodgers is pretty upset. And I don't know if it's the main reason. I mean, he's certainly upset, apparently, with the, the general manager, Brian Gutekunst. I have kind of tried to ignore it because it's just like Aaron Rodgers being petty and holding grudges, which he's well known known for doing, considering he won't even speak to his family. There was a California wildfire going on a couple years ago, and he said to the whole state of California, hope everyone's staying safe, and his little brother Jordan Rodgers of the SEC Network dunked on him on Twitter saying, you didn't even call your own mother. So Aaron Rodgers is as petty to the point where a wildfire could be going on around his hometown, and he won't even call his own mother to see how happy, she, whether she's safe or not. Same thing with his father. So I will never underestimate this guy's ability to be petty and to hold grudges. So I would not be shocked if he does not become a Green Bay Packer again. But I do not see the Green Bay Packers, who have been to back-to-back -back NFC Championship games, handing Aaron Rodgers at the twilight of his career to the Philadelphia Eagles. Even the Eagles aren't a good team. I definitely don't see them doing that with the New Orleans Saints, who still have a great roster, even though Drew Brees is gone. They're going to try and figure out whether Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston is the next future quarterback. I don't think they would want to do that. And the Panthers, 
a team I think is going to be on the rise, especially in 2022. I don't think the Eagle, the uh, Packers would want to trade him to the Carolina Panthers. If there's going to be any team, and Aaron Rodgers would love to go out west and play for the 49ers probably, but they did just, you know, draft Trey Lance and have Jimmy Garoppolo still on the roster. I'm sure he'd love to be out in California. I don't see the Packers sending him over to a single NFC team, especially if they want to still be competitive during the time that Aaron Rodgers is still playing in the NFL. If he's going anywhere, it's probably to an AFC team. The Broncos have been a team that people have talked about. The Raiders, even though I don't know why he would want – I mean, the Raiders, it's be a bad situation. They can't draft there. Mayock's done a terrible job. Gruden's getting paid a ton of money to have a bunch of losing football teams and not make the playoffs. I don't know what's going to happen to Aaron Rodgers. I don't think he's going back to the Packers, though. I just have a hard time seeing him be here in Carolina. But it is interesting that Jason Lockenfora, a NFL insider with CBS, thinks that the Panthers are among the top NFC candidates. And that even with Sam Donald, even though they passed on Justin Fields, Peter King thinks Deshaun Watson could be, still be a Panther in 2022. And Jason Lockenfora still believes that Aaron Rodgers has a chance to potentially be a Panther in the 2021 season. We know who is on the roster currently with the Panthers when it comes to defensive line. Going to continue our position breakdowns next, looking at defensive ends and defensive tackles on the Panthers roster coming up here in the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. You can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. Y'all have been telling you about Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever. Then they have nine delicious flavors plus the occasional living time flavor, which is not available right now, but you have to look out and wait for it when they do come back. Think about it. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, all sound absolutely delicious. There's something for everyone. And you know what my favorite flavor is? Peanut butter brownie. Pretty good. And also, if you're a fan of chocolate, and you're worried that if you only get coconut or raspberry or cherry and there's not going to be chocolate with it, well, don't worry anymore. All Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and they're easy to chew. Now, you hear about chocolate, you hear the mint brownie, you hear peanut butter brownie, you hear double chocolate, you hear salted caramel, you're thinking there's no way these things can be healthy. Well, you're wrong. They are healthy. Most Built Bars have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. They're actually good for you. Now, if you miss it on Mother's Day, that's fine. You'll still have an opportunity to make it up to your mom if you screwed up royally on Sunday by going to BuiltBar.com right now. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15. You'll get 50% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Okay, so our position breakdowns continue looking at the defensive line for the Carolina Panthers. I talked about the cornerback position yesterday and how I felt like it's one of the deepest on the roster Wide receiver, really loved the Panthers did, adding Terrace Marshall. Defensive line, the Panthers went from one of the best defensive lines in football in terms of sacks to one of the worst last season in terms of rushing the passer. Not based on the lack of skill or talent, but really the youth of the roster. Brian Burns, back at defensive end, can also play a little outside linebacker, as we've seen as uh, defensive coordinator, 
Phil Snow likes to play a lot of multiple fronts. So Brian Burns coming off the edge, whether on the 4-3 or 3-4, is going to be one of the most dangerous pass rushers in the NFL. And heading into year three, I think he's going to be even better. And he's going to be setting himself up. He's obviously going to get the fifth-year option after the season, unless he just completely goes into the tank. And I don't see that happening. He's going to set himself up for a major payday in the future. I also like the move of bringing in Morgan Fox, who had a great season last year as a secondary role player on the defensive line with the L.A. Rams. Had six and a half sacks last year. Him coming in where he can play either inside or outside, especially in a three- or four-man front, mainly probably a three-man front. I'm interested in seeing what Morgan Fox can bring. Etor Grossmatos was excellent at Penn State. Last year, dealt with the ankle injury, was out a couple weeks, was a rookie who missed out on that time that he really would have needed. And that's with all rookies in the NFL last year, the time they really would have needed in the offseason that could have prepared him to be ready starting day one. Well, he's back, healthy, and I think he has a chance to really break out this upcoming season. It might be more so year three when he has his breakout, but I think this year he's going to have a bigger impact than what we saw last year, especially if he's healthy. Marquise Haynes, former guy at Ole Miss, has maintained his spot on this Panthers roster despite kind of seemingly being in the background for the last couple of seasons. He's had his moments, had a couple sacks last season. I'm very interested to see what Marquise Haynes can bring to the table in this defense coming up this upcoming season with the Carolina Panthers. But I do love Burns, Fox, what Gross Matos has to offer, Marquise Haynes potentially, Austin Larkin's also on the roster again for the Carolina Panthers. So at defensive end, I feel good about the pass rushing situation. And I'm not even bringing up guys like Hassan Reddick, who will also be coming off the edge at linebacker. I'll get to the linebackers later on this week. At defensive tackle, Derek Brown, slow start to the season. But Green Bay on Saturday night when this Panthers defense really looked like they turned that corner, that's where you finally saw him break out. As first career sack in that game, played well down the stretch in December. I think he's only going to get better. In this upcoming season is where we're really hoping to see him take that next step. In year two, getting a full offseason program, which I said, like with Etor Grossmatos, who's in the same draft class as him, that might help him excel and play even better. What's also going to help Derek Brown is having a veteran like Daquan Jones, who was a starter the last six seasons in Tennessee, coming off of a, a big contract there in Tennessee, came as a free agent, now here in Carolina for at least one season. Daquan Jones, another kind of run stuffer, but a veteran. And someone that Derek Brown can learn from. He got to learn from K.K. Short last year. And there have been rumors that K.K. Short, who is still a free agent, could be back with the Carolina Panthers. If there's a deal that makes sense. And I brought this up before. Before the Panthers had brought in Daquan Jones. Before they had drafted Phil Hoskins out of Kentucky in the seventh round. And before they had drafted Davion Nixon out of Iowa in the fifth round. That they need to go out there and find someone to put next to Derek Brown. And if K.K. Short who is on the wrong side of 30 and has had back-to-back -back shoulder injuries and back-to-back -back seasons where he's had to have season-ending season surgery because over the shoulders, that if he's available and he's willing to take a pay cut and not take on a massive role, why not bring him back? Now that you have Brown, you have Daquan Jones, you can now put K.K. Short on his defensive line in that rotation in a secondary role, along with Bravey and Roy, who actually played a decent amount of snaps last year after being a six-round pick out of Baylor having played for Matt Rule. Davion Nixon was the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year, was a beast. Just dropped back in the draft because of quote-unquote character issues, some incident at a dorm at Iowa. He could be one of the steals of the draft for the Carolina Panthers if things work out for him. P.J. Johnson, Mike Panasuk, I think is his last name. Honestly, neither one of those guys can be on the roster, but they are on the current depth chart. And on Panthers.com, they're currently on the defensive tackle roster. But as far as depth, 
with Derek Brown, Daquan Jones, Bravian Roy, and Davian Nixon. I'm excited about that. Phil Hoskins, seventh rounder. Not sure whether he's going to make the roster out of play, after playing for Kentucky. But Mike Stoops, Mark Stoops rather, has really built a great program there in the Bluegrass State, in Lexington, and getting another guy in the NFL. He could be someone that sticks around. And not to mention KK Short, if he's able to make this roster, could be a part of that rotation as well. So defensive line, like with corner, I'm really excited about the depth and the option that this team has and hoping the Carolina Panthers can get back to where they were in 2019 and in years prior where they've been a team that's been able to be nasty against the run and a team that's been really good getting after the passer. They have a bunch of young players mixing with some veteran leadership to where I think that they're not very far off from being yet another dominant defensive line here in the Carolinas. So there wraps up another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Panthers podcast. So that wraps up another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network with me, your host, Julian Cowles. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. I'll check it out on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on Stitcher, on Odyssey, and pretty much wherever you get your podcast from. I think Podbean's another one of those. We're also on Podbean, guys, so check that out. Follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, where I'm going to need your participation right now. Go ahead, DM me, tweet at me. Give me your questions for our Friday mailbag coming up every single week throughout the offseason. So please get in those questions so I can answer whatever you want to know about your Carolina Panthers. Because what we do here on the Locked on Panthers podcast, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, every day, your team, Panthers talk. That's what I do right here on the Locked on Panthers podcast. Appreciate your support. Appreciate your listenership. And I will talk to you tomorrow. Where we'll be talking about the Carolina Panthers schedule. We already know the teams, but we're going to find all the dates. When's the bye week so you can take a vacation. But we're going to find all of that coming up on Wednesday night as the Carolina Panthers finally, in the NFL, I guess, really, finally give out the exact dates. I'm hoping the Carolina Panthers social media team has something cool, which, well, we know they will. Talk to you guys tomorrow. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.